not looking for perfect, just looking for like showing up and being, you know, making an effort and being a little bit better than yesterday. You can't, there's no such thing as perfect. Mm. You know, that, that word exists just to make you feel bad because you're like, oh, <laughs> you never perfect. get that. <laughs> Am I going to get there? You'll never get there. There's no such thing, you know? Welcome to the Health After 30 podcast. I'm Alana Bonneman, naturopath and holistic nutritionist. This podcast is dedicated to reclaiming your health by harnessing yourself as your biggest asset. Get ready because this is where we stand up for your body's ability to heal, go against outdated norms and say yes to change, creating true and lasting health success all from the inside out. Thank you so much for being here. This is the Health After 30 podcast and let's get started. Thank you so much for being here. You could have been anywhere right now, but you're here, interested in your health and listening to this podcast. If you also happen to be a mom or a mom-to-be out there, I would like to invite you to be a part of my inner circle and join my mailing list, which I have just for moms. It's where I share kind of tips and unique opportunities, recipes and updates. If you want to join today, you'll also get the chance to get the ultimate guide to snacks. And snacks for me are like the hidden meals where you can kind of maximize your nutrition. So I find them to be very important and a good place to start. You can find the link to this in my bio and yeah, I would be so happy to see you there. Welcome to the Health After 30 podcast. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Emma Lovewell, a Peloton instructor, entrepreneur, and an author of her new book, Live, Learn, Lovewell. She's also an old friend, but with over a decade of experience in the fitness industry, Emma is passionate about helping people live their healthiest, happiest lives through movement, mindfulness, and self-care. Her book is a powerful guide to personal growth and self-acceptance, featuring heartfelt stories, insights, and advice on everything from goal setting to self-reflection and to the importance of using your voice and your uniqueness. I cannot wait. (laughs) I cannot wait to hear more about your journey. Emma, thank you so much for being here and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Alana. It's so good to see you it again is. after so many years. Mm, many years. I know. Like 15. Is that, is that really? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Just as a preface, Emma and I, we studied abroad together in China and that's where we met. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Briefly talk about it in the book. I didn't dive too deep into my time in Beijing. And, um, but Alana was like one of my best friends when I was in Beijing and like, thank goodness for you. Cause I was so lost and you were a pro you had already been there for a year or so. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, it was a summer, it was just summer, right. It was kind of like inseparable. Yeah. We spent, I mean, all of us, like everyone that was there. But you introduced me to all the, like, these are the night markets you want to go to. This is where you get like the best fake handbags. This is where you get your nails done. Get, the, get this where you get your nails done, your hair washed. Yeah. Remember places? Um, the fake, d- the DVDs. Oh my God, <laughs> the, the DVDs people. just outside. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know when I read that China part as well, I was like, oh yes, like that is, that's a whole part of your whole story. Mm. It's so nice. It's so nice. So yeah, congratulations on your book. live learn love well we talked about this just kind of off the record before but it's yeah it's such an amazing it's such an amazing story of yours and the way that you deliver it it's so as I said heartfelt like it really carries you through your stories but at the same time it really kind of uplifts because I feel like a lot of 
let's just say like health and wellness books, they kind of just tell you what to do. But what you've done really nicely is shared your story and how you've had, how you've kind of come to the realization of these different things. So can you tell us a bit about like what inspired you to write this book? What was your intention behind it? And what do you hope people kind of get from it? Yeah. I mean, you're spot on about, you know, a lot of um, health and wellness books are prescriptive. So they're like, this is, here's step one, this is what you got to do. And I've read a ton of self-help books, um, but I also just honestly really love fiction. I love reading stories. And so when I was thinking about writing my own book, I, I was thinking like, I want this to be a page turner. I want people to like really want to open this book and continue to the next chapter. And so I, I wanted to focus more on the storytelling aspect and then sort of reflect on um, what I learned from that story. And I think that, you know, will help the reader learn more about me, but then also contemplate that question or that lesson within their own lives too. And how they can kind of relate it to themselves and then carry them through that. Yeah. Yeah, And I've had so much success in my career and in my life by being vulnerable and opening up about myself. It's a very scary thing to do, but anytime I have shared something about myself, my family an insecurity or, you know, a past trauma or anything, the amount of the, the reception, I like the people just love that and feel more connected to me and more able to open up themselves. And so that is where, you know, I teach fitness classes virtually. And so it's like how people always ask, how do you get people, how do you feel connected to people through a screen? Yeah. And it's like, honestly, just being vulnerable and really being yourself and authentic and people can vibe with that. They really feel that too. Yeah. It's also like how you make friendships, right? It's how mm-hmm. you, you you open yourself up. You allow someone to enter your space and equal, you know, to the others. And I guess if you're doing that on a larger scale, then you're just making, yeah, you're kind of introducing more people. It's really nice. Right. Thank you. So for those who don't know who you are, can you tell us who you are and yeah. how you kind of got into the health and wellness space in the first place? Yeah. Okay. My name's Emma Lovewell. I am a Scorpio. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I am a Peloton instructor. I teach, uh, cycling and strength classes globally. We have over 6.5 million members, I believe. And, um, I've been at the company for almost six years and I am originally from Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts. I am half Chinese. My mom is, um, from Taiwan. I grew up, you know, similar to you in, in kind of a predominantly white um, community and sort of felt a little othered at times as a kid and, you know, felt a little like I was straddling that line between like, am I Asian enough? Am I white enough? Am I like, where, where do I fall in? And so a lot of my story is about my identity and my reflection on, you know, how I came to where I am today, but I was a lifelong athlete. I've been a dancer I danced professionally in New York um, and then got into teaching fitness through the dance avenue and was teaching. I've been teaching fitness for, I don't know, 10, 10 years plus. And um, Peloton was sort of this perfect, I, I took all my skills that I had of 
music, dance, performance, on-camera ability. And it created this perfect career for myself that I didn't even know existed until it came about, it came like it fell into my lap in a way. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been really rewarding. And I get to help people every day all across the world. I, I hope that I, you know, my goal is to inspire people, motivate people to just live happier and healthier lives. Hmm. Motivation's an interesting one, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. I find when it comes to exercise, maybe that's the number one complaint. I don't know. Tell me if I'm wrong, but it's like, oh, I just can't, I'm not motivated to kind of exercise or to stay exercising. What do nope. you, as a pro, what do you do to motivate yourself for your yeah. health goals? Or is it just kind of, kind of innately no, because I mean, you do it all the time? I struggle. So I struggle with motivation at times as well. Obviously it's very different. I work out for a living. That's my, I, I made this like TikTok about this, which I thought was kind of funny, but I was like, I not going to lie, to be honest, like I am motivated, like working out is my job. I get paid to do this. So I am motivated to pay my bills. So I show up to work because (laughs) I need to, but also outside of work, I do exercise on my own. And sometimes I am not motivated and I have to really push myself or, you know, find that reason why I can get up and do it. And a lot of it is just reflecting on how good I feel after I work out. Like I know sometimes during the workout, I don't, love it. Sometimes I love it. Sometimes I don't, but always a hundred percent afterwards, I feel so much better. And so sometimes for me, it's just remembering and reminding myself how good I feel after I work out. And, um, and then also just like, if it's worth it to you, like what, what is worth it to you? Right. Is it, um, you know, being around for your kids when they, you know, is it, is it longevity of your life? Is it, um, the way you look, is it the way you fit into clothes? Is it the way you feel? Is it your mental health? Is it your, like, and if your reason isn't good enough, come up with another reason. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? If like, you're like, oh, I wanted to, if losing weight is not a big enough, you know, reason, like there's bigger reasons. Yeah, there's there's a why reasons. of why you want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. I feel like why is actually like your reason why it's, I've actually got another episode about this because it's like what really pushes you through, like other than just setting goals and goals and goals, like it really moves you sustainably to kind of reach a different transformation of what you're trying to get. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there are some, I guess, shallow reasons. And there's also like, there's always deeper reasons. And if you kind mm-hmm. of keep unlayering that, then you really get down to that core reason. And once you find that, um, it makes, it changes everything, doesn't it? But yeah, I also agree the feeling that you get afterwards, that elated feeling. It's like, oh, it's almost like golden in itself, isn't it? Oh, it's it's amazing. It carries me throughout my day. <laughs> mm. it, also in your book, you talked about, I think when you went to Texas. And for me, this was like, I had never really realized this, but you had just moved to Texas. I'm not trying to give any spoilers here, but um, you were like, oh, I am here. Things are out of shape. You're like, think, you kind of just arrived. And you're like, oh, like I'm a bit disoriented. I'm going to go exercise like yeah. to get grounded for me. That was, I'd never heard anyone say that before. You're the first person I actually heard say, yeah, like this is all chaotic. I'm just going to step out of this and go to my closest gym. And I was, that was, that was a real eye opener for me because I just wow. never thought of like overwhelm and stress be remedied directly by exercise and movement. So I, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I also think like when things feel chaotic around you, 
you yourself and your body are the things that are constant and they, you take yourself with you no matter where you go. So when you're traveling, you are always with you. And if your outside conditions are, you know, chaos, then how can you find some groundedness within yourself? You know? So I think exercise for me really helps me do that because that's like the one thing I can kind of control in a way, even Mm -hmm. when there's a lot of exterior things that are, that feel out of control. Yeah. There's a lot of focus that is required, I guess, when you're doing some sort of movement or exercise as well, there's breath, there's the ability to not do anything else other than what you're doing. It's your mind off of things too. You're just like really focused at the task at hand, you know, Mm. lifting that weight or whatever you're doing, you know, running that mile. And, um, I think that just, it's like a type of meditation too, for Mm -hmm. me. Mm. And then when you're at the end of it, then you again, have that feeling where then you're feeling Mm -hmm. elated and then yeah, less, less chaotic. Yeah. So, so what would you, what would you kind of, what would be a tip of yours for like people other than I guess like finding the why and that like chasing that feeling, but like what's, what's someone, what's, yeah. Like how can someone make it a priority? You know? Yeah. I think start really small. I think people, you know, they want to sign up for some, you know, big program or, you know, something that like some people will just like sign up for a marathon listen, there's, there's many ways you can do this, right? (laughs) I can tell you what works for me. I am not somebody, if I just sign up for a marathon, I'll start running more. That won't work for me. If that works for you, great. (laughs) You just wait to the day of the marathon and wing it. That's, that's what would end up happening is like, I would be like, whoop, whoops, didn't run now. Here I go. Um, (laughs) for me, I'm like, I'm like a dip my toes in the water type of person. Like I need to ease into things. And so I've just found for me, it's like really finding something that I enjoy and make the commitment really easy and minimal. So like, you're just trying to make things as easy for yourself as possible, because I, I will totally take any excuse to be like, Oh, sorry, you know, couldn't do this. I had to wash the dishes. Like, I don't know. I'll just pick up anything. And so if I make it a really small commitment, if it's five minutes a day, if I just say, you know, go out, like go out in my garden for 10 minutes a day or go for a walk around the street and back once a week. I don't know, like just create mm-hmm. something. Low maintenance. Low maintenance. Yeah. Like, and honestly, that's why Peloton has had so much success is the bike is in your house. It's like, it takes away so many of the barriers of going to the gym, of getting in your car, driving, getting your outfit, you know, yeah. being in public, having to work out in front of people, you know, you're just like in your house. So it can be mm. so easy, but there are still barriers there. Right. Cause then you're like, Oh, nobody's holding me to this commitment. I am, yeah. the only one holding myself. you know, exactly. so there, there will always be. Emma's not going to know if I don't hop on the bike. Exactly. No <laughs> one will know. Um, but that's why I think for me, it really starts with like baby steps. It's like, just take a small step, commit to something really small. Then you build confidence. Then you're like, I did it. I, I can trust myself to follow through with this commitment. And that builds upon itself, like showing up, creates more showing up (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then it becomes consistency and I guess in all things of aspects of life like that consistency is key right yeah so I'm going to shift now to like the self-acceptance part because I felt like this was really I don't know I feel like maybe like even getting into your 30s or like just as you kind of get into life like this self-acceptance or maybe it's just a bit of a more of a buzzword that's happening at the moment but self-acceptance is such a big theme, I feel. You emphasize the importance of this in your book. 
So can you just shed some light on why you think self-acceptance is so crucial and how it kind of reflects in health and wellness? Yeah, I think, I mean, I talk about self-love and loving yourself um, in a lot of my classes that I teach because it is so um, important for us to remind ourselves that we are so hard on ourselves. We're so critical and I'm hard on myself too. I'm a perfectionist in some ways. And so it's often something that I'm reminding myself. That's like, it's okay. If it didn't work out for that, you know, if something didn't happen, it was meant to be that way. Like there will be another opportunity that comes. Like there's just this way of looking at life and yourself that can be so much kinder and softer. We don't have to be abrasive. We try not to be abrasive with our friends, our children, our whoever. It's like, why do we, why don't we take that same practice with ourselves? Like we need to be Mm. kinder to ourselves and we are our own best advocate. Nobody, we need to be our own cheerleader. Like there is always like societal pressures, um, advertising and media that tries to knock you down or make you feel small. Like there's so many things and people that will try to knock you down. It's like, you have to be sturdy and strong within yourself because how else are you going to get through this? You know? And, um, I just think it's, I, I definitely had this like aha moment when I was, um, in my early twenties where I remember breaking up with a guy and having this like realization, I, you know, I'm so sad. And I had been through, you know, multiple breakups, like teenage breakups and just being so miserable. And I just had this moment where I was like, this, this guy kind of sucked too. I wasn't even like, he wasn't even that great. <laughs> I was like, why am I so upset about this? And I was like, I actually like myself. Mm. This is great. I get to be with myself every single day. This guy sucks. There will be more guys that suck that come and go. But like, as long as I like myself, then this isn't so bad. You know, mm-hmm. I know that I can get through this. And I I really remember that moment I was in college and like, I just feel like that mentality has stuck with me so much. Yeah. As long as I can like, at the end of the day, look myself in the mirror and be like, we're okay. Like, yep. I got you. You, me, like, me and a child, okay. like we've got this. Yes. Yeah. It's interesting you talk about like um the way that people make you feel because I, I don't know why it kind of, the thought came into my head today, you know. The friendships, the relationships, partnerships that we are in, if they are not necessarily also perhaps on our side, then that can kind of wear off on how we see ourselves. Like, you know, when you're in a relationship or a friendship and they got you like a hundred percent, they agree that, you know, they align with how you kind of see yourself and it just brings you up. But if you're with someone, probably like this guy that you were with, if for whatever reason, maybe they like you, but they're jealous of you or they like you, but but anything it yeah. rubs off and then you kind of self-reflect on is that me thinking that about me like they're they're rubbing that on me is like do right. I think that and yeah I think it's really powerful to kind of know yourself and mm-hmm. be comfortable with who you are where you've come from and how you are and also love this about your book as well like where you come from like you can't change that you can't, you can't change you know our upbringing our childhood, our genetics. And yeah, we need, we're here now we're present and we just have to like run with it and do the best with what we've got and find our strengths and run with that as well. And this is why it is important of like who you spend your time with, you know, and making sure that you're spending time with people who lift you up and who are aligned with how you see yourself. Like you just said. Yeah. Yeah. And your actual, your catchphrase to um, live, learn, love well is a life of 
you said. Um, <laughs> lessons from a life of progress, not perfection. Yeah. So I say progress, not perfection a lot in my classes too. Cause it's like not looking for perfect, just looking for like showing up and being, you know, making an effort and being a little bit better than yesterday. You can't, there's no such thing as perfect. Mm. You know, that, that word exists just to make you feel bad because you're like, oh, <laughs> you never perfect. get that. <laughs> Am I going to get there? You'll never get there. There's no such thing, you know? I know. Why do we think there is though? It's also a shift that we've also seen, like I've seen on social media, that's gone from like having to be this perfect thing to now just people kind of having their chaotic backgrounds or just, yeah, being open and vulnerable and stopping to try and being perfect. What's it is, I, is I think it is a shift in like, and I suppose, yeah, where we come when, you know, when we were growing up, I think it was... I don't know. I wonder if it was like the age of the internet and then like photo editing and everybody became obsessed with photo editing and it became like, okay, you have to portray now that you have the ability to make yourself look perfect. Let's all make ourselves look perfect. And then it became the norm. And then somebody was like, wait, screw this. This is not fun or this is not real. Let's show our imperfections. So I definitely think like society is on a roller coaster (laughs) and we're like, what's, you know, even body image stuff. It's like, I, you know, I heard recently, it's like, oh, the nineties, like heroin chic, like skinny is coming back. And I'm like, what, like, what is going on? Can we put that to bed? Like, I know. I thought like, can we all just like, let that go forever? Yeah. (laughs) It's yeah. It's really interesting. I like a lot of the clients that I work with, that's, you know, them, their moms and they've kind of come in yeah for nutrition and so many of them growing up in the, like we're growing up through the nineties. It's like this, yeah, exactly what you said. What do you call it? Heroin? What do you call it? Heroin? Oh, like heroin chic, I think is the like. <laughs> yeah, like skinny yeah. because skinny was healthy. And to get that look, it was like to be skinny at any cost. No, and it's terrible. It's terrible. And it's like, you it's now like Or advertisements from the 90s. It's like. It's scary. shocking. It's so shocking because this is carried with a lot of women through life. And now those women are having kids and they're trying to teach self-acceptance, body image, good eating habits to their kids when like we're so distorted kind of from what we've inherited during the nineties. I hope that doesn't come back. It, did, it no. served no purpose. <laughs> I know. I know. And speaking about healthy habits, this is kind of where I wanted to go to next Yeah. Healthy habits, because healthy habits are something that I guess we learn from our parents. We acquire them over social media or the internet, um, or even through food industries or fitness industries or magazines and stuff like that. But I guess, you know, for the, the person perhaps who is starting their wellness journey, their well, um, health and wellness journey, or the person who's kind of looking for the next step in their journey, what would you suggest could be the first healthy habits that they could adopt? Oh, I mean, there are so many. So I think what is, you know, the lowest barrier to entry, right? Like it's, um, what is going to be the easiest for you to accomplish, to make you feel good. So if that is going for a five minute walk a day, if that is, you know, for me, um, when I'm trying to like, okay, like I'm, I'm going to like get back on like my, my healthy train, like, what does that look like for me? Um, I really prioritize eating vegetables at every meal. I try to put spinach in my smoothie. I eat vegetables for lunch and dinner. I just really focus on like greens. And to me, that makes me feel so much better. Like after I eat, I have energy and I'm not lethargic. And 
um, you know, obviously you help a lot of clients and people with nutrition. I am not a nutritionist. So if you are looking for like real deep knowledge, please go see a dietitian. <laughs> or a nutritionist. Um, but, um, yeah, like prioritizing drinking more water. I'm constantly like, Oh, I forgot to, it's been like a few hours. I haven't had water. I gotta go remind myself to drink water, drinking water, eating vegetables at every meal, moving your body, going for a walk. Like those are just some really simple things. And those are things that I remind myself to do. Mm -hmm. Like Even though I'm a fitness instructor, you might think that I just like have it all together all the time, but I don't like, I don't have a season, you know, it's, if I was a, you know, basketball player, I would have my on season and then my off seasons. Like I'm teaching fitness 365. I mean, not, you know, every single day, all, year, all year round, all year round. Yeah. So but at the same I time, just, you're not bulletproof, are you? Like there's all, no. yeah. And so there are, there are, I have seasons in where I'm like really on it and I'm like taking care of myself. And then there are seasons where I'm like, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be that hard on myself. I'm not, I'm just going to like relax a little bit more mm. and uh, both are fine. Yeah. 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 That's really nice as well. Like not being hard on yourself that comes back down to that perfection, right? I think I saw this in one of your Instagram posts as well. In essence, something like, you know, you can't hate yourself into uh, accepting yourself or you can't hate yourself into you can't hate yourself into change. change yeah. So good. So good. Yeah. You know, because I mean, like you could try, but it's not sustainable change. Like that's just like punishing yourself and that doesn't last. You know, mm. if you want lasting change, you got to love yourself in order to get there. And it's so much more enjoyable that way. Mm. You don't need to torture ourselves. No. Yeah. I think also when you're feeling good, shoulders relax, there's better vibes. Like you're kind of open to more things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah your energy totally attracts people and opportunities and things. And so if you're hating on yourself, that energy definitely rubs off on other people. And even, you know, we were talking about like moms and how they're supposed to parent their kids. And I, you know, and I, I talked about this in my book a little bit of just how I, I was really lucky that my mom like never commented on her own body and she never commented on my body. And I did have a lot of friends whose parents would constantly comment on their own body, not even their kids, but just on themselves. But you learn that mm. from watching your parent, you know? So I was just really lucky. And this is all, I'm learning this as an adult. Like I had no idea as a kid, what was going on. But when I look back, I cannot think of a time where my mom was critical of herself. Like she, my mom would like not shave her armpits sometimes. Like she'd go to the beach and be like, oops, I forgot. To you know, like she just didn't care yeah. for better yeah. or for worse. And yeah. it was like, it so was great. never a topic for you. It was never a problem. Yeah, no, you're so right. It's the way that we, like young children and not even young girls, but boys also pick up on that. And they've also, the statistics out now saying that, you know, I don't know it word for word, but there's, you know, three out of five children have already morphed, like not morphed body ideas, but like they've got, yeah, body image insecurities. They're already thinking about food and how it might affect the way their body is. And yeah, there's a massive conversation going on about this, but it's also something that, you know, maybe your mom, like maybe your papa also like your, your grandmother talked, didn't talk about that in front of her either. And perhaps it was inherited. 
That's or perhaps true. it was also just like society when they were, yeah, there's so many factors that come into it. Yeah. And now, especially with the internet, like I can't imagine when I was a kid, even though my mom didn't talk about her body, if I had Instagram or Facebook at the time, like I would have, my body would have been criticized by strangers, you yeah. know? So yeah, yeah, it is It's super hard for kids now. I can imagine. Yeah. We're quite lucky actually, like these nineties kids, these nineties kids of that we are, you know, we have the internet, but we also know what it's like to not have the internet. And I feel like we, yeah, we're the last generation who kind of knew that. And yeah, another massive topic. I don't want to know, yeah, what it's going to be like in the future. I want to actually raise my kids. <laughs> tell me, tell me, from your book, what's the one takeaway that you hope people can hold with them? And second question is, what is one thing that perhaps anyone who's listening can start doing right now, like after they finish this episode, to kind of start making change? Yeah, I think one thing that I really want people to take away from my book is in the subtitle, Progress Not Perfection, I really think is just being kinder to yourself and knowing um, change starts with little action, just just like the smallest amount of action and it can create bigger and bigger changes. And so I think I want people to just feel a little more inspired after reading my book that they can make changes more easily in their life. And um, the second part, would you say, what is one thing that someone can start doing now, Certainly. which I'm guessing going to say, make little changes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, something you can start doing now is making little changes, but it's like picking the thing that, um, that, inspires you and that you enjoy and that that brings you joy. So is it movement? That's for me, you know, and I talk a lot about that in my book. It's just movement's been with me throughout my whole life and it puts me in a better mood. And um so incorporating some type of movement into your life or some type of creativity into your life. Mm. I think just finding something that brings you a little bit of joy and that's good for your body and mind and soul. Um do more of that. Mm. Do more of that and go there more often. Yeah. Absolutely. Emma, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah. Thanks for coming to the podcast. Where can we find you? The book. I mean, it's it's oh, the, in the book and like anyone who's like oh, yeah, yeah. I mean to Emma. Uh oh yeah. Well, we have um Peloton in Germany. Do you see Peloton in Germany anywhere? Like, do you know people who have I don't, well, I, yeah, I know people have bikes. Actually, some clients yeah. have have bikes. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I'm on, on the bike. But I do you have a studio here as well. No, it's in London, oh, okay. but they have German instructors that teach in German. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. But so you can find me. You know, my fitness classes are on the Peloton app and bike. Um, socials are at Emma Lovewell on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok um pinterest pinterest i'm on all the things youtube you can watch my home renovation videos on youtube um and yeah the book i have an audiobook it's on audible so you can purchase that but you can buy my book on all places that books are sold oh, yeah. Um, yeah oh really nice emma thank you so much for being here today thank you so much for having me and i can't wait to hear this uh, the podcast when it comes out and thank you for supporting me in this book journey you're doing so well mm -hmm. it was so it's nice good. speaking with you 
don't think that I need to tell you that your health is one of the most important aspects to fulfilling life. Whether it's being fully active in the things you love or keeping up with your kids or perhaps walking out of your house and feeling confident in your body. Chances are if you're listening to this, you're ready for change. But let's face it, it's not always easy and it can be confusing and super overwhelming and everyone seems to be teaching that one thing. But the problem is, our health is not whittled down to just one thing and until you take a holistic approach to taking care of yourself and your health, chances are you'll be missing more than just one thing. And that's where I come in. I work with motivated people who are ready to reclaim their health in a holistic way and I walk them through the essential things they need to succeed. Whether you're just starting with your health journey or you're looking for the next step, you're going to see how to do things differently. To step into the role you need to reclaim your health, head over to alanabonneman.com. Thank you so much for listening. Be well, and I'll catch you next time.